0: Welcome to the Behaviour Bites podcast, a podcast from Changing Behaviour UK about different factors that influence behaviour in education, all in handy 15-minute-ish bite-sized chunks. Each week, a different guest chats about a different aspect of behaviour and leaves you with three handy tips. This week, I'm joined by Lauren Duffy, a middle leader with 10 years worth of teaching experience. Lauren is a PSHE leading teacher and she currently teaches in year two. Lauren started a new job post during lockdown and she is loving it. Today, Lauren and I are going to be talking about behaviour and relationships. Welcome, Lauren. Welcome, Lauren thank you thanks for having me no worries at all lovely to hear you here and and to have um are you based in scotland lauren um, i'm based in manchester ah oh we've got all the lockdowns uh, going on there yeah we're two or three at the minute so yeah. we'll see how that goes yeah see how it works out um we like to start the podcast to think about the book that you're reading at the moment do you want to tell us about that
1: yeah, um, one that I've, I'm reading at the moment is 10% Braver Inspiring Women to Lead in Education. Um, I think that um, I joined Twitter at the start of lockdown um, and have seen loads and loads of things that women ed have been doing that have been absolutely great. So I thought I'd um, tap into that. And I think as well from seeing all the examples of what people are doing on Twitter, it gave me the kind of inspiration to actually go ahead and think how I'm going to progress my own career. So um, it's a, a great way to kind of, and learn from other people's experiences and see how that relates to you as well
0: yeah the um i've I, th- I think I'm quite I'm fairly new to Twitter maybe like two or three years and I haven't I don't classroom teach now i I do training and run this company but i also work directly with kids but i do intervention work as opposed to class teaching but um i wish i'd had twitter when i was teaching right because people rather than like sorry to name tes that charge for resources now which i was devastated by just on twitter people just really generously just share everything so here's the Dropbox and have it all and i was like where was this when i was teaching it's like yeah i think it's really useful it's it's a lot different now from when i trained
1: 10 years ago um, where you've been making loads of things yourself and um you know having to think things through whereas you can use someone else's planning someone else's um ideas and just tweak them to make them your own and um, it seems to be a lot of sharing going on at the minute which is great because we're all essentially working towards the same goal
0: yeah exactly we all care about the the kids and young people that we work with so you know why not um share um well that sounds brilliant the 10% brave i know deb's who co-hosts the podcast um, is the regional lead for uh, women's ed in Devon and uh, Cornwall. So, yeah, we've got a nice link um, with that organisation as well. Um, I wanted to find out a bit more about your experience in relation to um, behaviour and, and building relationships. you want to tell us a bit about that?
1: Um, a few years ago, I trained, um, I, I did pivotal training. Yeah. Um, so, um, trained and learned a lot about um, sort of practice in the classroom. Um, I think it really changed the way that I approach behaviour in the classroom um, in comparison to when I first started out teaching. Um, it emphasised the point that it's really important to build a relationship with not only your class, but with each individual child. Um, because the way that you approach any behaviour issues will differ depending on the child. Um, so I think that you know, positivity is something that I've always had in my classroom, and I would say that I've always had a positive atmosphere. Um, but I probably have embraced that a bit more now, um, and made sure that you know when you get your when I when I got my first class um, this year, mm. that I really really got to know each of the children and kind of what they were about. Um, even tiny things like when they come in the door and we do a rainbow clap or we do a um, thumbs up, a high five, well mm. a virtual high five. Yeah. Um, at the minute, it's just that little bit of attention in the morning, and it gives them the opportunity to get to know you and to. Um, know have that one-on-one which can really change their day
0: yeah that I know um that I, I haven't read all of Paul Dix's book uh, When the adults change, the, the children change but I know uh, from some sections that I've I've looked at with the, that connection, isn't it? And that relationship of greeting people at the door and I think I, I might be wrong and I'm, I'm always misquoting things on here, Lauren so you have to ignore me sometimes but I think I read in the Education Endowment Fund's um, study that one of the like quickest fixes for managing behaviour was simply just greeting children children at the, at the door um, with that positivity and a smile what, what do you think of that
1: yeah I absolutely agree I think it's really important um, to make that time and as well to show that you're ready for the day ahead um, and you know just to, to welcome the children in and, and make them feel welcomed and it's a safe positive environment that they're walking into that can really impact especially on a child who maybe has behaviour
0: difficulties it can really um, impact the day that they will have And I suppose that child that might have behaviour difficulties might be used to not on purpose, but metaphorically, I suppose, teachers turning their back on them, metaphorically, and maybe, you know, getting a bit fed up with them. But if you can start fresh, you know, like you're saying, and and build that relationship by greeting, I I expect that makes a huge difference.
1: Absolutely. I think it's really important for them to know that they have a clean slate. Um, you know even if if a child has had a, a bad morning when they go out for a break time and they come back in well we're starting afresh and um, it's really important that, that they can sense that you're giving them an extra chance it's not you started off the day badly so in which case you're just going to have a bad day it doesn't work like that and um, you know they can reset at any point and they've got to be given the opportunity to do
0: that. Yeah I was just thinking this isn't my story this is um, a colleague that I worked with Dean Cotton and um, he tells a story on courses that he runs that if you saw what would you do if uh, you saw a member of your uh, staff team knock over a chair in the staff room like the first thing you would do is be like oh my god are you all right is everything okay um, but if we see a child do that in the classroom what's our first response Well, what is usually like pick up the chair what are you doing why are you doing that and sort of yeah not having that empathetic approach yeah
1: I think keeping calm if, if that was to happen for example um, you know calm and consistent would be um the way forward and making sure that you remind yourself as an adult regardless of how your kind of your lessons kind of go in that the behavior is normally a sign of something else yeah and it's a signal that maybe something else isn't working or you know there's feelings there that we don't know how to express and um, so it's, it's usually a mask for something else and it's it's important that the child knows that you are approachable and you know you can help solve that together if you like like a team isn't it yeah absolutely absolutely
0: i'm just thinking about you um working in year two and and different sort of age groups and i suppose like every teacher you'll have a a couple of children that that exhibit behavior that, that challenges how have you sort of got around that and how have you built relationships with those those tricky ones um i've got one child in
1: particular this year um, who who finds it pretty tricky coming in um, in the morning, um, and had had a lot of behaviour issues in um, in year one. Yeah. Um, but now, um, how I kind of approached it was um, getting to know um, how what she likes and how um, her day can change depending on um, you know factors from home or things that she's feeling when she comes in. Um, so so what I try to do is let her get to know me as well. So I quite often mention my, my little pug um, Bella. So she's a topical conversation. She likes to find out about in the morning. She likes to ask how she's, how she is, what you know, um, things that she likes to do. And she quite likes to mention that that's kind of her in to get to know me um, as well. I make sure that I do drive by. So you know, she's never sitting for more than a couple of minutes, two or three minutes without me. Kind of maybe if she's getting on, if she's on task, I'm not interrupting. But I, I am making sure that I'm kind of passing by just in case. Um, and it gives her the opportunity to be able to talk to me and we've also implemented her being able to try and self-regulate and say that she needs a time out so you know and we've we've talked together about if if I can see her maybe having a bit of a wobble or if she feels like she is then all she's got to do is um, take herself off to her reading space um, and she's got little activities that she can do in there so I think it's all about um, you know managing what um, works best for her Um, and I have you know have I've seen over the past, you know, half term that there's been quite a few improvements from when she first came in, just through putting little things in place. She's got a visual timetable and we have a little chat about, you know, what her day looks like when she first comes in. Um, And I think it it works really in a positive way.
0: Yeah, I think it's really interesting because I'm running some some training. Um, for the bridge training school on on social emotional health and there's loads of theory and sort of uh, evidence-based approaches in in that training and the in in the training we talk a lot about those children really searching for certainty and that's kind of where that anxiety comes from of not having that that certainty in life And then I was thinking about teachers and practitioners at the moment, although we're kind of focusing on talking about children on this podcast, but thinking about ourselves, about the lack of certainty for everyone at the moment is creating a bit of a a bubbling pot. But it sounds like you've managed that child's uncertainty amazingly and that she's feeling really certain that she's safe and she's got kind people. And it's, yeah, it's so lovely to hear that.
1: Yeah she's been, I've seen such a change from when we were coming in it was um, you know tears and um, shouting, screaming coming in first thing Um, and now it's a a smiley um, little girl that's coming in and I'm not saying that we have ironed out any um, you know all the behaviour issues that we might be facing but there certainly has been an improvement Um, but I think that those things work for her but they might not work for another child so that's where it comes back to um, you know meeting the needs of the individual children that's you know the, the strategies that I use with that child might not work for another one in my classroom and it might be that you know they need some kind of fidget toy or they need some kind of um, distraction from what's happening um, and that's you, you gauge those things through getting to know them and I think that's kind of through time as well
0: Yeah it's interesting because I chatted uh, as part of this series I'm chatting to someone called uh, Dr Emma Clark who is an initial teacher trainer and she does behavior management training for trainee teachers and she talked very much about how trainee teachers really want a tick sheet of like this is how you do behavior full stop here's your top 10 off you go and make it apply but what you're describing really is that you know in your over 10 years of teaching experience it's kind of just understanding that behavior is quite nuanced and our approaches have to be really flexible
1: yeah and I think that you know when you are a trainee, you've got to take on board what um, advice you're being given and you know you have to want to help yourself in terms of um, trying out new things um, and if so, something doesn't work with a class then you know you have to know when to kind of get rid of it and try something else because um, you want it to have a positive effect, and if it's something that you can see isn't working, um, there's loads of different things that you can try. It, it isn't a tick sheet; it's not something that because every class is different yeah. um, and every child's different. So, um, you know, some classes that I've had have responded well to um, teacher points and class points um, for making good choices. Um, for for example, um, as well when children are making wrong choices, if you highlight the positives on another child doing something good. And sometimes that encourages the other children to pick up whatever they're doing as well. Um, some classes respond really well. And I'm using this year Class Dojo, which works really well in terms of reinforcing the positives in the classroom. Yeah. Um, the children are really competitive in terms of who wants to, to win Dojo. And is all they have to hear is the ping on the board. Um, and they know that they have to be you know sitting ready to learn. Um, and that's something that the class have really embraced at the moment in my year two. So they seem to be loving that. But again, it might not work for our classes. It's just seems really positive from
0: my class this year oh that's brilliant i haven't seen dojo in action i've heard a lot um a lot about it so yeah we'd be interested to see it in in action i know in your bio we talked about you being the pshe sort of leading teacher at the moment in your new school do you want to talk more about i guess relationships um education that, that you're doing so relationships between peers and that work
1: um at the moment, we're focusing quite a lot on um, implementing LGBTQ plus education within the PSHE curriculum. Um, in our school, we're calling it Health and Relationships Education. Mm. Um, we're focusing really on positive relationships, um, which is something that most schools do anyway. Um, that we would hope that you know we cover anyway. But with it becoming statutory from September this yeah. year, um, you know we have a big push on building relationships in the school. Um, I think the, the children are encouraged to know what a good relationship looks like um, and that can be in terms of a friendship or in terms of you know a relationship um, between adults, between your adults at home um, and that's something that we're, we're going to be working on to make sure that you know, we give children those skills to be able to identify the positives and also to be able to identify when it's not um, you know, working out or um, how we can kind of resolve conflict um, if for example it's you know two um children in year five who are having um you know they're not getting on on yeah. a daily basis then it's you've got to have to give the children those skills to be able to try and figure that out for themselves maybe with a lot of support
0: yeah that sounds like a really exciting piece of work that you're implementing through through your new, new job role how would you uh, i guess what would you say to teachers you know in in their classrooms and and how they on a daily basis might be able to drip feed in some of that relationship work
1: um i would say that there's fantastic books that are available now um that can be used to to discreetly as well and um, introduce the idea of relationships education into your classroom mm. um i'm currently running an lgbtq plus primary book club um on twitter um biweekly and we go over texts Um, that could be used in the classroom um, to give teachers the confidence to be able to use them and deliver them. Um, It can also be, for example, we used all are welcome, um, a text at the beginning of the year to make sure everyone in our classroom felt welcome. Um, And the focus of the book wasn't to focus on same-sex relationships, but on one of the pages there is a a same-sex female couple. Um, And that just by kind of feeding tiny little things in, um, I think the children become more aware and it becomes more normalize which it should be anyway um yeah. and into your curriculum um so yeah
0: yeah it, i mean it increases um understanding i don't want to use the word tolerance but acceptance doesn't it for, for all our children and i guess relating it back to behavior i think the relationships piece of work further develops our values-based approaches as, as settings isn't it so we're teaching children those values that actually we respect difference we celebrate difference um th- through that curriculum
1: absolutely i think it's important to focus now as well because i think times have changed whereas you um, would have had a teacher that you have to respect um regardless of how they te- how they treat you Um, You know, several years ago, it may well be that you you go to school and you respect your teacher. Um, Whereas now, um, my advice would be that as a teacher, you have to show the children respect um, at the same time. Um, And even if a child is not behaving in a way that you would find acceptable in your classroom, then it's up to you to do something about that um, along with the child and work together to to sort that out. And that that way there's a mutual respect and they're more likely to open up to you and be
0: able to, to get to the bottom of things. And I suppose, like you, you were saying at, at the beginning, that's building that relationship, isn't it? Is going on that journey together. You're not doing it to them. We're doing things with them. And I really like that sentiment a lot. Um, we've a- we actually I can't believe it, Lauren. We've all, like, <laughs> I was like, oh, uh, we've got 15 minutes, and it's it's already <laughs> been about 20. So we've probably just um, we better start start reeling ourselves in a little bit and think about the the top tips because we like to leave the listeners with three tips based on our topic what are you, what are your tips um top tips to take away
1: um i've just mentioned the first one actually um, to oh, be respect be respectful to be respected and um, i think that's really really quite important something to take away and that's that's for every um person that's working in education um, second one is always choose cam and um, it can be quite a, a tricky thing to do um, however, if you feel yourself not being calm, you know that the situation is not going to be resolved in as best a way it could be. Um, so always choose calm in the classroom. Um, and the third one would be positivity is key. Um, I like to make sure that positivity is always in the classroom for mm. um, every opportunity. However, um, the children and your colleagues um, need to know that it's all right to be vulnerable as well. Um, and, you know, having a, a really good day, the majority of the time has a little... Moment in
0: the day that maybe wasn't so positive, and that's all right as well. Yeah, I get. I see it's weird that you said that tip because I was thinking about this this morning that I, I like we talk about perfectionism, and I'm sure that's a I don't want to call it a disease, but I'm sure loads of teachers suffer with perfectionism. I know that that's one of my traits, and then I really was thinking about the phrase that I talk about on trauma and attachment courses about being good enough. And I think actually, you know, you can be positive, um, can't you, and encourage all your classes, but you've just got to be positive enough. You've just got to be good enough. You've just got to be good enough day in, day out, rather than, you know, putting this pressure on ourselves to be perfect. I think that's, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I think
1: feeling happy in yourself and doing what you, you feel is right, I think is, is really important. It's important not to compare yourself to other people because they're not having the same days you. So, you know, positive in your own personal sense is, is perfect
0: yeah within your own space that's brilliant they're they're really really wonderful tips um thank you so much for your time lauren it's much much appreciated i suppose your half term in manchester they might not be um that (laughs) that exciting um it's nice to have a little break and (laughs) spend
1: some time with the dog
0: yeah exactly quality time with the pug exactly (laughs) um we will uh, speak to you soon thank you again so much lauren and take care oh thank you see you that was the Behaviour Bytes podcast brought to you by Changing Behaviour UK. You can follow us on Twitter at bytes underscore podcast. To keep up with training and events, changing behaviour and running, you can subscribe to our email list on the Changing Behaviour website. And don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, iTunes or wherever you listen. And thank you for listening to us.